Today's episode is brought to you by the Be Real Podcasting Network. For more episodes like this, check out BREELnetwork.com. I'm going to start it right now. Will, you have to sing our opening song. Okay. <laughs> go. Will, you're failing us. There we go. You're failing us. All right. The last time right a child, now. that's what the opening song was. I want to be <laughs> right. the very best. Ba-da-da. I don't have copyright for that. <laughs> Welcome to the Underground Hot Pot, Episode 1. This is a show where we're going to be discussing a wide variety of TV, movie, and gaming news. Turn off our filters and tell you exactly what we think. On today's smorgasbord of topics, uh, we include some New York Comic Con trailers, some nerdy tidbits from upcoming superhero movies, and our thoughts on a few new fall TV shows. Uh, Before we get to that, let me introduce you to today's panel. There is no doubt in my mind that his dog is smarter than he is. How are you doing today, Tony? Hey, that's right. My dog is probably smarter than me. You are correct. Uh, And last time I was in his car, he was embarrassed to find uh, the Nickelback CD in his CD player. Uh, Will, how's uh, how's your car treating you these days? Uh, The car car is moving, but uh, the Nickelback is not so much anymore. That was last week. All right, we'll get started here. (laughs) First up, uh, this morning we got a second Rogue One Star Wars story trailer. I just want to say I am disappointed with how much of the story they gave us in the trailer, so I'm going to ask you guys not to spoil anything for the listener. Uh, Or me. Oh, oh, you haven't haven't listened to it either. So uh, I just want to say that I loved it. I'm really excited for the movie, and it looks beautiful. It gave me the chills I only get from a Star Wars movie. But Will is, do they have to show this much because they don't have a Han Solo to put in the commercials? Well, I, I think, honestly, the very good, though it did show a little too much of the, uh, I guess, second and third act is what I'd have to say, given what they've shown. But they did give us enough to uh, lay the groundwork for some characters here. I'm really interested to see the main protagonist, father, what his role is in this whole thing. My main Again, issue, no though, spoilers. is yep, I, I still I hear, have not I'm seen one Phantom it. Spy. Not, not, not one. <laughs> so Something that is in the greater lore here of the, the group responsible for stealing the actual plans has not been in the trailers or in the discussion so far. That's that's my main issue with that. Okay. Well, uh, yep. thanks. Uh, how about you, Tony? Uh, since I haven't seen it, uh, I can't really speak much to it. But, like, just in general, uh, I refuse to actually watch it. Because now that I've heard that they've really talked about the story in, in depth almost, like, you can kind of guess what the plot is, um, I, I don't want to watch it. Uh, I want to go into this movie kind of shocked and not knowing what is coming like it's actually shitty that i know that vader's gonna be in the movie you know like i almost don't want to see vader uh, but like whatever like i'm still gonna go see it it's a star wars movie so um but i just don't want it spoiled so i am not gonna watch Absolutely. the trailer you know all right um so last week we had new york comic con and they released a bunch of trailers and gave us some sneak peek info and we got the first trailer for the new super angsty high school Power Rangers movie. Uh, we'll go to you, Tony. What do you think? 
I kind of, I kind of like it. It's, uh, I, I don't see it having much to do with like the Power Rangers I grew up with, but like, fuck it, like why not? I'm actually wearing a Power Rangers T-shirt right now, so you know, it's, uh, I'm a fan. Uh, I'm a fan. Uh, but it looks a little strange. The angsty part of it is like, ah, I don't know how I'm gonna like that, but I'll still give it a shot. I mean, Brian Cranston is Zordon, like that's dope. And isn't isn't Hater playing Alpha Five? I think he is. Like yeah. that's cool. That's, like, that's a- Elizabeth Banks is Rita, which is like a totally new take on that character. Which is like, all right, like sure, I'll give it a go. Like the worst they can do is fuck up really bad. Then I'm never gonna go see another one of those movies. But if they nail it, that's awesome. You know. I I really hope with Rita they keep the same uh, off uh, voice work with her. She was she would never oh, like, talk in the same manner that she was supposed to. Yeah, yeah. In the original shows, no. But I was a Power Rangers kid. I mean, I had the toys. I had that White Rangers Tiger Sword that talked. Oh, that thing was so cool. Oh, that was so cool. Uh, but so just tough. this weekend, HBO was playing the 1995 Power Rangers movies. I had this uh, VHS. So good. I I knew every word. I've watched that so many times. Uh, but there's also that really dark. Power Rangers short film that came out last year with Katie Sackhoff and who's that, that Vanderbeek? Really oh, oh man! Definitely check that out if you haven't seen it. It's like the, um, yeah, clip, right? Like it's uh, it's like only it's just a bunch of shorts, but essentially it, it gave a more adult tone. It, it allowed you to think that this series from your childhood could have potential right now. But it also kind of aged the series, so it's like way after they're kids, they're adults, and things have gone wrong. Maybe there's a reason they're always teenagers that are Power Rangers. Um, But this didn't give us what we were hating about the Star Wars, which is way too much info. We got a high school that wasn't quite Mean Girls, but it wasn't quite Twilight either. It was somewhere... Blue, uh, Aurad, and uh, I like the director. He did a couple of those uh, other movies like Project Almanac with a bunch of young people. Uh, but it's just a teaser. This was like um, Breakfast Club when I always <laughs> thought of Power Rangers as Pacific Rim. Will, what'd you think? <laughs> I, I honestly really liked uh, how they already gave you a little bit of the origin. Not too much, but just enough to tease you when they got their... Uh, basically the little power stones they always use to put their armor on. I also like how they've updated the armor. I think that's really going to help audiences get into it, especially with this uh, market that's just flooded with superheroes. Giving their uh, armor kind of an Iron Man flair is what I thought it looked like. Also, I'm really... I, I, you know, the rumors are everywhere on this right now, but I'm really hoping the Green Ranger makes an appearance somewhere in that movie. I think oh that'd my. be absolutely incredible. That would be so awesome. Be so awesome. Like, just even at the end, you know, the, that, that last little bit of the movie or, uh, you know, even after the movie, the little end credit scene end, end with him arriving. I, I think that'd be, yeah. All right, what okay. scene. I think that'd be incredible. Okay, so what about a post credit scene with the Green Ranger, but it's actually still played by the same dude that was Tommy? He's like an MMA oh fighter. Oh, my God. 
and like handing totally off the reins. That would be oh, no, just looking badass. This oh. is gonna be his like coming out party as an action hero. <laughs> <laughs> Like Alright. Okay, so here we go. Next subject. John Wick Chapter 2 Trailer 1. Will, what did you think of this brand new trailer? You know, honestly, the first movie never really spoke to me. It, it seemed like a, yet another Keanu Reeves movie he's saying, I know Kung Fu, and him just running around and doing some wicked ass moves, but nothing really substantial uh however this this next trailer you know it it looks like it has potential but it looks like it could also honestly be like taken to where, where the first yeah was cool for the action aspect now it looks like they're really trying to push it it looks slightly like it could be effortless or completely overdone that the, the trailer doesn't allow me to lean one way or the other just, I wasn't a really big fan of the first one, so the second one I'm, I'm cautious about. Tony? Uh, so I haven't even seen John Wick 1. So uh, it just looked like a badass action flick. Like, uh, John Wick sounds awesome. Like, I really like the concept of it. Uh, but I just say like, I haven't seen it yet, so I really don't. I don't know. From the trailer, it looks sweet, though. Like, I'll check it out. I have nothing against Keanu. And uh, him shooting a bunch of shit. Like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I loved it too. Uh, give me two, another two uh, hours of that first movie. I loved it. Wasn't a complex plot. Give him a reason to walk into a room outnumbered. Uh, this one looks like it's the same. It's uh, exotic clubs, fancy settings. Uh, he's hunting someone again, and there's a dog, which yes. hopefully doesn't die. <laughs> No, yeah, but he's I, like I'm not angry. Saying, he's pretty much dead at this point. That dog, <laughs> either kidnapped or just gonna die. Just as if, if you've never seen the first one, the line when he's like, "What style of suit? Tactical." It's so good, and this is done by the same guys as the first one. So hopefully, will we don't get a Taken two or three, or Die Hard two or four or five? Okay, uh, next subject. I agree. Here's hoping. Uh, sure. So Sigourney Weaver is set to be the villain for the Defenders series on Netflix. This is where they will team up the current Marvel Netflix heroes, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. Uh, I have not a clue who this is going to be. Maybe Enchantress or someone behind uh, the hand who's resurrecting people and digging giant holes in New York City. Uh, but for that, I guess, uh, Will, who do you think it's going to be? Uh, so there, there's a couple ideas out here. First off, we have Iron Fist coming in. Uh, that's really exciting. And what that really allows is this whole other uh, group of bad guys uh, known as the Hands. They're more mystical. They're, they're basically ninjas, badass ninjas. So uh, there's a couple options that popped up here. Um, I, I think Viper, uh, for those of you who don't know who she is. She has ties with the hand. Um, she's been a constantly reoccurring character uh, in the Daredevil uh, works and has uh, had ties to Iron Fist as well. So she would be a perfect fit. Also, just the costume, the way she looks, um, and, and her drawn work would totally work with Sigourney Weaver. Uh, now, there's more outlandish things or uh, people being... Uh, 
suggested. There's uh, Silvermane, and then uh, as, as far as the most outlandish is uh, Alexander Bont, who was basically the, uh, the Fisk before Fisk existed. So th there's uh, options out there, but I really like Viper as the, uh, the one that has the most potential, the one that allows the, uh, the, most of the universe to come alive. Tony, what'd you think? Uh, I think it's an awesome announcement. I have no idea who that uh, character is going to be, like who she's going to play. But the fact that she's involved is extremely exciting. Like I think Netflix is killing it with these Marvel properties, and now they have somebody with as much cachet as Sigourney Weaver. That's awesome. You know, whoever she plays, it's going to be sweet. And I I'm just really excited for it. Like, I just Give me more Marvel. Marvel's awesome right now. Uh, keep going. Absolutely. Uh, so next subject. Uh, Guy Ritchie is set to direct Disney's upcoming live-action Aladdin movie. So this follows Cin uh, Cinderella and the Jungle Book. And they're also uh, coming out with Beauty and the Beast, starring Emma Watson. And uh, John Favreau is set to direct an, uh, the upcoming Lion King movie. Uh, and then they choose the epitome of R-rated directors to be put in the, the helm. Uh, so when I hear Guy Ritchie, I think Snatch or Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. But he's been on a streak of period piece films. We've got Man from Uncle. We've got um, Sherlock Holmes movies. He did two of those. And he's got an upcoming King Arthur movie. Uh, but can he tone it down uh, for this Aladdin movie? My question to Tony... How many F-bombs will Disney allow in this upcoming movie? <laughs> uh, zero. <laughs> but I, it's very exciting. Like, I, I like that Disney is trying to take on these movies live action. Like, it's Beauty and the Beast makes sense. And uh, what was the other one that they've already done? Um, the Jungle Book. Jungle Book, yeah. And apparently that was really good. So, it's uh, fantastic. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Like, I feel like I haven't seen, like, anything. <laughs> but... Uh, but it'll be interesting. Like Guy Ritchie's very hit or miss for me. Like just like you said, Burke, I think of Snatch and Lockstock when I think Guy Ritchie. But like I've also seen the uh, Sherlock Holmes movies, and the first one was really good. The second one was kind of shit. Uh, you know, he's he's good sometimes, bad others. But why not? Like I would love to see how they try to pull off the genie because you know ninety percent of the Aladdin that I love is Robin Williams as the genie. The genie was the thing that I loved about Aladdin. So whatever they do, uh, it, it should be like it better be good. You know, like that's the hard thing to live up to. So if Guy Ritchie's up for the task, then kudos. Uh, Will, what'd you think? So uh, a couple things. I'm admittedly not the biggest Disney fan, so I'll just get that right out of the what? way right now. Did you have a childhood? I, I, I did, and I watched the movies, but you know what? That that didn't carry through into my teens or my adult years right now. So, you know, to each their own. But beyond all that, uh, two things I think that can really be taken to this. Uh, one, uh, Guy Ritchie has proven himself to tone it down. He, he's been, he did it in the Sherlock Holmes films. Those are much more... Uh, kind of artsy, but still action-packed films. So he is capable of, do, capable of doing this. 
I, I do like the point that uh, Tony raised about the genie here. Now, admittedly, you know, no one can ever top uh, Robin Williams' role in that. He, he was crazy. He was enthusiastic. He was vibrant. If I had to pick one Disney film to watch again, this would probably be it. So I, I really hope that they approach the genie in a unique way. And one way I really hope they do is to approach it as a as a jinn. Um, in Arabic folklore, the jinn granted wishes very much like, but not as not as the fun genie. It, it was more of a violent, uh, earthly being. So I'm hoping maybe more of a modern darker take happens on this film. Thoughts okay. on that? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's going to be really hard to replace uh, the genie. I can't even think of someone uh, that I would pick off the top of my head that could fill those shoes, but... What if you go darker? You don't need to replace. You get to maintain that idea of that fun love of genie, but you give... And Guy the- Ritchie... Guy Ritchie is the guy to go darker, but again, it's yeah, a Disney film. Exactly. Yeah, it's a Disney uh, which comedian, which comedian would you guys have fill in the off the top of your heads uh, of fill in the genie? Because I think T.J. Miller would be fantastic. Hannibal Burris. Hannibal <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, You did it. All right, we're done here. That's the one. Nailed I'd it. have to say Louis. I'd, I'd have to say Louis though. No, that's so yeah. sad. What about John Mulaney? Right. Genie, come on, could you not, you know, kind of a pathetic genie just kind of following Aladdin around and him saying, "Get your ass over here, come on." That that can have some good humor there. But Hannibal Buress, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> Follow me for a second. What if they go in this direction with the genie? Older, shorter, fatter. They cast Pat Oswalt. <laughs> Okay. And no one would take the film seriously. I, I love the concept, but no one would take the film seriously. Who cares? It's uh, a Disney movie. Okay. It's set in the Middle East. I pitch uh, Larry David. Mm. <laughs> no. No. Way too it, would make, it, it would be so perfect because he could do all the same like modern-day references that would go over everyone's head, and he would just get angry about it. It would be brilliant. <laughs> Like, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. I don't think you can tell a whole movie him going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> There'd just be way too much of that. That's basically like dead air, essentially. All right, next subject. Uh, the Batman movie is Ben Affleck's upcoming Batman movie with Joe Manganiello to set to play the uh, Deathstroke in the film. Which is awesome. Personally, I... I love the idea of a big, uh, big screen Deathstroke. Uh, I really hope they do what they should have done with Bane. Uh, in the comics, Bane breaks out a bunch of mid-level villains from Arkham, uh, pushes Batman through this gauntlet of constant close calls where he doesn't have any time to rest. And when he's at his breaking point, Bane shows up at his house and plays chiropractor. Yeah, piece of shit. That was a joke because he breaks Batman's back. Anyways, uh, I think Joe has Joe has a scruffy look to play the part of uh, the Dark Knight hunting mercenary. Uh, he played another scruffy character on True Blood, uh, but I don't really recall him having any great action scenes in that. 
but with a mask on, I guess stunt doubles can handle that. Uh, Will, my question to you, uh, which of the other hunks from Magic Mike do you want to see in a DC film? <laughs> oh, man, there are just so many. I, I, I know the film so well. I, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I actually... Is it on in the I, background there? True Blood. I was a true... Like, True Blood... It, was, it had its good moments. And uh, I, I think Joe can actually bring in um, a, a lot of the... He played the werewolf on that. Boom. And, and honestly, there, there's always been this animalistic side of Deathstroke. But Joe also has that salt and pepper thing going on. So it could be an older, more distinguished Deathstroke. Someone who's been through, seen some shit, been through some moments, and brings a lot of experience. Deathstroke has always been... Um, he's always had a lot of... Like, thought and uh, foresight into any battle he goes into. And I've really liked that about him and him going in with a older, you know, broken down Batman. I think this could be a great, just battle of Titans. You know, the last fight for these two unique individuals. Tony. I'm excited. I mean, just like Will was saying, like I'm excited for like the fight scenes between a old Batman versus you know another like really trained warrior that doesn't have superpowers either. You know, he's fighting just a dude that has like martial arts abilities and weapons. You know, uh, it's it's gonna be interesting. Like I like that they're going with the older Batman as like the Batman of this new DC universe. I really don't like anything else in the DC universe right now, but like Batman could be good. Like I trust Affleck and he's, you know, writing himself, directing it and starring in it. Uh, he has a lot of, uh, you know, chips down on the table for this movie. So like, I think it'll turn out all right. And I, I think Deathstroke's a good, a good choice for a Batman villain. I, I'm curious to see if they bring in others, you know, like Deathstroke's not going to be the only villain, you know, like there's going to be somebody else in there. Like, who is that going to be? Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm very excited for that movie. And, and Deathstroke is, uh, you know, a big part of that. Absolutely. I'd like, to, I'd like to respond to one thing he said. The other villains, my, my, my hope here is they start paving the way for the Legion of Doom. Okay. You know, maybe bring in a Solomon Grundy here. Oh. As, like, the first, you know... He releases him. He gets him to go after Batman, something like that. Just lay the foundation for that formation of that group. I think that'd be amazing. That oh, yeah, because Deathstroke's definitely smart enough not to go toe-to-toe -to -toe just in a fist fight with Batman. Yeah, correct. Dude, Solomon Grundy so, is a good pick. That's a good pick. You need right. a bruiser, man. He, he can fill that gap. Okay, so we're uh, talking about superhero movies. Uh, we got some first information about the upcoming Logan movie, which will be the final film for so Hugh Jackman and for Patrick Stewart. Uh, we've seen two photos, one of a very old, beat-up-looking uh, Xavier, uh, one of a cut-hand Wolverine holding a little girl's hand. Uh, we know that the villain will be Pierce, um, we know that several girls are cloned from Wolverine into deadly weapons. One of them, they say, has only two claws. And that Xavier's powers are in flux, making him dangerous. Tony, what do you think? 
Dude, I'm excited, super excited. Uh, you know, Hugh Jackman has been amazing as Wolverine. Like, even though some of his movies have been shit, like Wolverine Origins is a god awful movie. Oh, but, like, <laughs> but like, he's always been pretty good. You know, like I've always enjoyed his performance. Uh, I like Old Man Logan. That storyline is dope as fuck. Uh, the fact that there's a little girl and the clones and the one that only has two claws that clearly points to X-23, who's a yep. dope-ass character. Yep. Super cool character. Um, and then Xavier's power, powers being out of whack, that could lead into some cool shit too. You know, like, I like the elements at play here. This is another movie I might, like, skip trailers on because, like, I really want to go in surprised. You know, I want to go into this movie not knowing anything from trailers like maybe the first teaser trailer i'll watch but like nothing else beyond that uh it's gonna be cool man like especially if they like end up killing wolverine at the end of it because like old man logan dies for like a minute you know uh that would be cool if they're just like okay wolverine's dead now in the universe now x-23 is a new wolverine or they just go on in x-men without him being a central character anymore like it's it's gonna be cool I'm honestly, I'm honestly hoping for the uh, torch to be passed to X-23. I completely agree. She's a, she's an amazing character. You know, having a positive female character take the forefront. You know that that Wolverine has been the central cohesive unit of this whole X-Men universe, and have that torch possibly passed on to X-23 to have. A uh, leading woman take over that role and be the you know the focal point for all that's going to come in the future here for X Men. I think that'd be amazing. Yeah. I really do. So um, right, we're definitely thinking that it's cloned blood from the spoiler alert end of X Men Apocalypse, where we see that um, Essex Corporation has the blood, which to me says Mister Sinister. Oh yeah. Um, which oh, would, yeah. oh, I'm so excited. Uh, so but they cool. did say they did say that the villain is going to be Pierce, who is a crazy cyborg who hates mutants. He's like the opposite of Bolivar Trask, who's um, Peter Dinklage's character from Days of Future Past. He is just a ruthless cyborg who hunts down mutants, and he's always, uh, because he has a cyborg, he can change what he looks like. So he's like in and out of the Hellfire Club and recruiting mutants to fight mutants. And he's an expert of robotics, and uh, Wolverine always escapes, so he has definitely got beef with, with Wolverine. Uh, and, yeah, the picture of Xavier looks awesome. He could have been captured and tortured by Pierce. Um, I'm, just, I'm just really excited that this is a good one after a shit one and an all right one. Uh, what do you guys think other X-Men that will show up in the movie? Fucking Cyclops. An older this is supposed to take place in the future, so it would have to be an adult. Cyclops are not, yeah, no, not yeah, set in the exactly. 90s. I, I think Bishop, Bishop's going to show up and uh, maybe even Cable. Uh, Cable. Cable, they're going to put in the next uh, Deadpool, and we've already seen Bishop. Yeah, but... All right. All right. What about uh, more? Anything else? More? I, I honestly would like to see more Skylock, too, because I feel as if X-Men Apocalypse never gave her her due. She sucked in that movie. She really did, and she is an interesting character that never got developed. But it's Olivia Munn playing that character. I, like, they're probably not going for substance with that cast. She had four lines, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, it, that's not, it, it was disappointing. It was disappointing. That, I, I, that I movie thought, was disappointing. That movie sucked. It oh, had so much potential. Yeah. They made Cyclops into another weenie bitch. And, and, also, and, why was Angel German? <laughs> I just I, I just watched it like a week ago, and that that's bothering me. I I, I don't know and, why. Angel is German. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Okay. Does he speak at all in the film? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, the thing that bothers me with like the way they do X Men movies is that every time Jean Grey comes up, they have to allude to the Phoenix. It's like you know what? She's a character outside of that arc. You know, like she's a pretty cool character outside of the whole Phoenix thing. Like, but that's what gives her I, power. I mean, that that's the argument why she's always able to stand up to all these villains. I mean, my my beef is always Cyclops. They always make him into a little bitch, and then like, oh, Cyclops, or Wolverine's gonna steal your girl. Oh, we didn't sign you up for this movie in time, and you're you got a busy schedule. Dead in the first two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Uh, so we have been watching some fall TV shows, and uh, we're gonna try to, again to stay away from spoilers. But I just want to get you guys thoughts on some of these new shows. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is Designated Survivor. The housing secretary is kept away from the Capitol during a State of the Union speech and is the only person left alive after a terrorist attack. Uh, he becomes the president in a time of turmoil. Will, what do you think of the show? I got to say, I uh, never was a big fan of 24. Keith Sutherland, I've seen him in multiple roles and found him okay. But this, I really think he's found his... Uh, his perfect place to act. He, he's allowed to act uh, scared um, without knowing what he's doing, but there's a, still that badass side of him. When he's pushed into a corner in certain situations, he reacts. And I got to say, the premise is really neat because it really does happen. Not a lot of people know about the designated survivor. Uh, and, um, well, you know, a couple of things could use some work. I gotta say the show has potential and uh, I'm really curious to see where it heads from here. Tony? I haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, from the trailers, would you tune in? I, I haven't even seen a trailer. I have no idea what this show is. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, so no, I, I disagree. I disagree with you, Will. I would watch anything Kiefer Sutherland is is in. Do you remember that Three Musketeers movie from when we were little? Oh my god, that was so cool. Uh, but yeah, I'm a fan. After a few episodes, it's a good cast. Kind of people I've always seen in a, one place or the other. Um, and as they move on with the show, I'm glad they're moving away from the like. Can I still be a good dad if I'm president? Angle that was. And uh, I guess it's kind of uh, how we all wish the executive office would work instead of the poorly written CBS sitcom we're watching on TV right now. <laughs> that was a political reverence. Anyways, uh, Lethal Weapon. Uh, so it's the same premise as Mel Gibson and the Donald, uh, Donald Glover. Danny Glover? Danny Glover films. Uh, Riggs and Marta are... What was that? I said Donald Glover's a different guy. Right, yes. Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Reference right there. Uh, <laughs> Riggs and Murta are the odd couple detective team. One's a zany, sometimes suicidal ex-ranger, teamed up with the play-it-safe family man who just wants to do his job and go home. Tony, did you get a chance to check out Lethal Weapon? No. I don't have cable. It makes it really hard to watch these shows. 
No Hulu? Uh, no, I only have Netflix and Amazon Prime. Wow. That's probably good enough, though. <laughs> Will, yeah, did you get a chance I, to check it out? I, I did. I got through the, uh, I'm, I'm going to call it one and a half episodes here. Um, so I, I'm actually a fan of the original uh, films here. And Mel Gibson just has the right amount of crazy because honestly, he probably is crazy. He was able to tap into that and really base a lot of his character off of that. Uh, the, the the dynamics they have set right now, I'm not really feeling. I, I realize the heartbreak of the uh, guy who's basically playing um, Gibson's character. But he's really lacking that I'm crazy. He's doing all the cliche things Gibson did, and it's given us a little bit nostalgic, but I'm not believing that he's, like, really quite unhinged. Also, the, the play It's Safe Dad, I, I didn't even get remotely any of that in, in, the, uh, in the first episode, let alone the second. It doesn't seem like they're meshing well as a, a you know, a crime-fighting duo. It doesn't have that, uh, uh, you pull me in this direction and I pull you back to reality that the original films did. I, no, I, I, I agree with you. It. I'm not enjoying it so far. No, I, I totally agree. Uh, the first one was, like, kind of unbearable to get through. They're like, all right, let's mash the first movie and maybe a bit of the second into a single episode of TV show. Um, but it, get, it gets better when they're, I mean, it's going to be a standalone TV show where every episode is just the next one that the crazy couple detectives gets into. Um, but I just don't like the Wayans brother guy. <laughs> it doesn't ble- I can't watch him in something that's not a comedy. Every time I see him, I just think of major pain. <laughs> oh, you think that hurts? Oh, what's, no, what's the line about the boogeyman? If he's in there, he ain't happy. <laughs> also, I want to raise a point. Like, something about those movies is they cause so much destruction in those. That was funny by the end of the movie. But then they were separated oh, yeah, by years and years. Now we're going week to week, like, causing millions of dollars of destruction every week. You know, oh, yeah. any realistic sense would just be like, get these guys, take their guns away, get them the hell out of here. No person, no chief, no city in their right mind would keep these people together. And I, I realize that's fun of the, part of the fun of the show, but it's got to ha- be based in some tiny little bit of reality. And I I'm hope they do the so opposite. Far. I hope they just go balls to the wall and no basis in reality. And every episode, it's like $10 million worth of damage. I don't want to see the serious. <laughs> I don't want to see Law and Order starring Mel Gibson. Ugh. Pass. <laughs> Anyways, but he's not even subject. remotely near He doesn't have the crazy. <laughs> I look at his like crazy eyes, and I'm like, hey, that kind of looks like me on a daily basis. There well, we you're go. the same person. You look, you look at Mel Gibson, and you're like, oh fuck, I don't even want to get near this guy. This guy is nuts. He's unhinged. I don't want to be that, near. That is so. that is a very true fact. All right, so next mo- the next show we're talking about is Son of Zorn. Uh, <laughs> he's a He-Man-like cartoon character who leaves his uh, war of endless as island of like endless war between evil and moves to LA to rekindle a relationship with his son and ex-wife uh, who were both played by live action people not cartoons I am a huge fan after just three episodes of this show 
uh, Larry David's wife from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Tim Meadows is the new boyfriend. And then uh, this crazy shirtless cartoon guy with a sword in an office uh, voiced by Jason Sudeikis. You know, what's not to love? Uh, my question to you, Will, is uh, which did you like better, uh, the Smurfs movie or Yogi Bear 3D, which used this same tactic? Oh, Yogi Bear 3D. Uh, yeah. <laughs> J. Miller. Of course. So what do you think, Classic. Will? Uh, honestly, I, I didn't know what to expect going into this. And uh, I got to say, I'm pleasantly surprised by what this show has already offered. It's uh, it's really a unique take. I mean, you you've got, you know, the the classic, oh, uh, you know, estranged father coming in, messing up the family dynamic, having this, you know, ridiculous cartoon character, you know, the He-Man universe, which hopefully we all saw during our childhood, because you know, which is one of those basic uh, cartoons, but it, it's ridiculous to place them in a realistic, um. And in the real world, like his his scenes at the office, you know, are, are just hilarious. When he's mad, he chops a conference table in half, and it someone walks in, and the HR person walks in, and is like, "This is this you? No, no, I I just walked in, and it was totally like this. It's like that that's a sword cut, and you're the only person walking around here with a sword, you know, just <laughs> like the simple little pleasures that they're able to like poke fun at these characters is great. And I also gotta say. The boyfriend, uh, Meadows, he's just playing it perfectly. He, he's, uh, he, he's, uh, what, what is it? Um, like a University of Phoenix online professor. And he's just, this guy, this guy, uh, the, the cartoon character represents hyper masculinity where he represents like the safest side uh, men have to offer. So it, it's just this really interesting back and forth that they have. I like it. I like the show. watching it. I totally agree, but I, I will say that the casting is definitely uh, most of uh, of how this works. Like his boss is played by I don't know her name, but she's Artemis from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I uh, just couldn't pick him better. Tony, uh, did you get a chance to check this out? No, you picked all the TV shows I didn't see. We were supposed to talk about Westworld. I watched that. I know, but then you watched it, so we had to take it out. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll check that out in the next episode so I think that's all we got for right now um, but before we go I wanted to ask uh, Will uh, what have you seen lately uh, would you recommend anything to our listeners or uh, something they should skip I, I gotta say the uh, C CW Hero Universe uh, was beginning to lose me with the past seasons but the new episodes of The Flash and Arrow and now the new Supergirl have been great they, they are really upping their game. They're bringing in all these different story arcs, especially Flashpoint, which is just so unique. And it doesn't just affect one show. It affects all of them. And I really like that aspect. I like that they all can play in the same universe and grow. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I've also really liked Pitch. I, I started watching Pitch with my girlfriend here, and you know it, it's it's name uh, drop girlfriend. But uh, no, it's really cool. It's really cool, and it's got great music, and the acting's interesting, and the storylines are compelling. I definitely suggest watching Pitch as well. 
Just wanted to bring up the possibility with the release of the PSVR today. Yeah. What is the future of film when it comes to VR here? Do you think experiences will come out where you get to choose the direction you want the film to go in? Similar to something that they did in Until Dawn, but on a much more uh, basic track. Thoughts on that? So I don't, I don't have any thoughts on choose your own adventure films, but I did have the idea uh, for a sitcom where th it's like called the couch, right? And the actors are walking around doing like friends, right? But you're sitting on the couch or then they move you to the table and you're sitting in the kitchen with them while they're doing their sitcom acting and stuff like that. And they like talk to you and you're mute or whatever, but you're a character and it kind of like a peep show on uh, BBC. I really like that idea. I really, really do. Tony, thoughts? Tony? Yeah, dude, like, VR is like a whole, a whole other bag of, you're opening Pandora's box with a topic like this. You know, like, VR is going to be the biggest thing in the next five years. But is it great right now? Probably not where it needs to be. Uh, but the fact that PlayStation VR is going to be affordable for the amount of households that have PlayStation 4s already, which is like, I don't know, upwards of you know, 40 million households. Like, it's a mil like so many units have, have shipped uh, PS4. So this could be that thing that gets VR in everybody's household, and that's stuff like what you're suggesting could happen. Uh, and I think it will. Like, it's going to be a, a crazy um, medium to, for, for directors and content creators to play around in. Honestly, right. I really hope that Hulu or Netflix really, you know, takes a chance here. I, I know that um, Hulu, has, Hulu already has Hulu stuff. already has uh, connected the uh, the virtual theater aspect to Oculus. I know that, but I hope they start making content specifically for VR once it becomes more mainstream. Oh, it's yeah. an exciting time, I think. So, Tony, what uh, what are you into right now? I am kind of all over the place. Like I've been watching all sorts of random stuff. Like for the in the past month, I've watched uh, Halt and Catch Fire up through season two. I know they just finished season three. Uh, I'm waiting for that to either come on Netflix or on uh, Amazon Prime. But um, Legend of Korra, which was fucking awesome. I love uh, the Airbender cartoons. Uh, they're great, and Legend of Korra is really good too. I highly recommend that. You've seen The Last Airbender, which is also a fucking great show. Uh, if you haven't seen Electric, yeah, it is. It's only three seasons, no, four seasons. Uh, it's three or four, I can't remember. Uh, but I think it's only three. Sadly, only three. It goes like pro bending, then the spirit world shit, then the awesome season, and then kind of the lightning season. Uh, but, anyways, uh, the thing I'm watching right now, which is, a, I'm definitely watching it or like love hate watching it uh i'm watching lost for the first time <laughs> uh, I'm halfway through the second season um shit's so fucking weird and it's like it's like watching a train wreck but then they do something it's like okay all right like you got me it's one of these things where they keep introducing so many random elements and it's like how the fuck are they gonna explain this you know, it's like they, they're not just going to not explain it at all. Love to see uh. how they do it, you know? Um, 
everyone's told me that season six is like fucking terrible. So like I'm a, I'm probably not gonna watch that. But like the thing that bothers me about Lost more than anything else is that each season is 26 episodes, an hour each, and it's not even like a good quality hour. It's like this could be a half an hour of television and then be just as effective. And it's it's just long. It's kind of a slog to get through. But like, I, I it might make it to season two or season three, then I'll just be like, fuck it. There's plenty of other things to watch. But like for now, it's kind of got me. It's, it's kind of got its hooks in me. I'm I'm glad we started uh, by talking about the Rogue One trailer. Um, uh, because if you had just tuned in, people could be thinking we're talking about the Phantom Menace trailer, talking about Lost Season 1. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, but I've got some bad news for you. Uh, you use the analogy of a train wreck or a car crash. It's like watching the car almost hit the wall. It's so bad. Um, but I'm, uh, I'm right now uh, watching Luke Cage, and uh, I'm a really big fan of that. Um, I just saw, uh, uh, what was that movie that we did the podcast for? Darn it. Well, go check out the Movie Guy podcast and listen uh, to the review of the terrible Western movie of which the name eludes me because it was so bad. It just came out. Denzel, come on, help me out, guys. Uh, Magnificent 8. Magnificent Bullshit. Magnificent Seven, you know, it was it was okay. really bad. We, we tore off. it up. I was gonna let that go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, they had that eighth character, man. It might have worked out, but they didn't. There were eight main characters, though. It was so dumb. Okay, um, so thanks a lot for uh, tuning in, guys. Um, Tony, I know you have your own podcast. Where can our listener find you? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I co-host the Hey, I Like That Game podcast. Uh, we have one episode up right now uh, talking about Uncharted 2. Uh, we have our second episode coming out relatively soon. That's going to be on FTL, Faster Than Light. It's basically uh, me and my buddy Jake talking about video games. Um, so, yeah. Listen, awesome. Listen awesome. To it. Yeah, and Will, <laughs> uh, where can people find you? Uh, right here. This is the first podcast I've done. So just keep oh listening. Keep, you know, <laughs> with us. We'll, we'll, we'll get better, you know. But yeah, hey, well, uh, let me get one more plug. Just sure. go back and watch my old show, which was Game It or Hate It. Uh, our oh, host, man. host here was on an episode, the Sega Bass Fishing episode, which is by far the funniest fucking video I ever made. <laughs> So good. All right. Well, our host, Alex here. If you can't, if you can't hear Tony, he just recommended uh, listening to Game It or Hate It, and I also did an episode of Co-op Required, which I thought was a really good episode. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I, I so many, find- so many failed podcasts of yours. I know. I, <laughs> I, I love making content, but it's really hard to stay consistent. It's just a, it's- <laughs> All right, well, uh, that's all the time we got. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great night. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by the Be Real Podcasting Network. For more episodes like this, check out BREELnetwork.com. Thank <laughs> you.